For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is a Monday morning get-together here on Birds 365. Another week to rock and roll, talking football with you here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. It's the Mac and Mac guys. Jody McDonald along with my partner, John McMullen, who's dressed for success today. <laughs> you look like you're ready to go out uh, and interview for a job there, McMullen. I already, the got too, I already got too many jobs, Jody, but uh, I do have to go out somewhere. So I, I just started, I said, let's get a head start if possible. So I tried to get a head start. Very Actually, nice. So the, you, I think yours is nicer. Show the you, people what you you're have. looking debonair. Yes, yeah. John went uh, well dressed. I went rather casual, but it's a shirt that I received yesterday, which is just flat out wrong. Um, on Mother's Day, mothers are supposed to get presents, right? Yeah. And I did get my wife some stuff. <laughs> have you ever had the debate on whether husbands should buy Mother's Day gifts for wives? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, I think that you should. Now, it's not over the top. It's not like a birthday. It's not like an anniversary, but it's an acknowledgement. I definitely get cards, well, and I try and get a little gift. If she's you? a mother, if you right. have a child, definitely. Right. But I'm, uh, the, the problem, the murkiness comes in if you're, if you're married early, you don't have children. What what what? Why are you getting a Mother's Day gift? Yeah, she's not a mom yet. Once yeah. she has your child and my oh, then it's had, yeah, then yeah. it's no question. So I got my wife a couple of nice things, uh, nothing over the top, as I say, but some nice things. And she went out and bought me something. Now it's not Mother's Day. It's not. I mean, it is Mother's Day. It's not Father's Day. I don't know why I got anything. But my daughter was home for the weekend because it was Mother's Day. So they went to Rally House store in the greater philadelphia area they got sporting goods and the like i've not been a uh a, a free plug yet, charity free but, plug yeah free plug for rally house uh my daughter loves the place she's got one near where she lives over in philly there's one over here in south jersey near the morristown mall so i guess they stopped by there and my daughter bought something for my wife for mother's day while they were at it they're diehard philly fans my daughter and wife go to Phillies games. They bought tickets, not last year, the uh, not this year, but the pandemic year last year. So my daughter had all this money on credit. So they're going to games this year using all the money that they had. So they had to go get uh, Philly stuff. And my wife got me this shirt. As you can see, you can't see in the usual shot. It's Philly Philly, which is probably the most famous play in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. And as soon as my wife gave it to me, I said, oh, that's great. And she goes, you like it a lot? I said, I'll tell you why I like it. <laughs> it's not green. And I can't wear it on this show because of the green screen. If I tried to wear anything Eagles related, I would uh, light up like a Christmas tree. So I said, no, this one's kind of maroonish with blue letters. And it says Philly Philly. So that's pretty cool from an Eagle perspective. So, yes, I'm T-shirted today, but you've got a button down there. I feel so underdressed now. No, you're fine. It's not going to be a consistent thing. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, yeah. I did, didn't think so. I just, Is this the first button-down shirt you've ever worn no, on the show? No, 
no. Okay. But, you know, we're Golf shirts, golf we're shirts in... don't count. Those three buttons up top don't make it. I'm talking about from stem to stern, top yeah. to bottom. I think this it's might not, be the first button no, down it's not. you've ever worn. I know I've worn one other one. It's it's okay. very... I, it what, might one be other great. one. We're on show 31 and you've worn one other one. Yes. I think I've made my point. Well, yeah. I said it's very it's single digits. No question it's single digits. Hey, you know, Jody, what do you get in your heck? It's in a lot of ways it's worse for you. Sometimes you're on the air at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You gotta get up and be on the air at eight o'clock in the morning, and your makeshift studio is five feet away. Correct. You're gonna put on a t-shirt, my friend. Uh, usually I try and go with something with a, a collar on and a golf shirt or something like that, but I specifically wanted to go this to celebrate the Eagles today since it was just a present given to me yesterday. And the NFL is going to give us a present this week, John. They are finally going to lay out the upcoming, count them, 17-game schedule for this upcoming season. Yes, every time I put on the NFL Network, the biggest season in the history of the National Football League which to me is a little misleading. Okay, I get it. One more game than you've ever played before. It's factually we, correct. So it you is gotta give them that. Factually correct. You are they are they are taking advantage of that and using it to its uh, best conclusion. Uh we don't know that it's the biggest season in the history of the National Football League. We ha actually have to play the season. Then you look yeah. back on it and decide whether it's the biggest history, biggest season in the history of the National Football League, but using just pure numbers it is the biggest season because there are 17 regular season games. And yes, come Wednesday night, we'll be able to get out our pens or pencils, go down a printed out schedule of the Eagles and punch in all of those all important W's and L's. Yeah, well, you know how excited I get about that game. But you know what's most upsetting to me? It, it's an in, It's ingrained to me. They've been at 16 games for a long time. So, you know... 256, 256. That's how many NFL games are. The last one is 256. Now I got to think about 272. I don't there like it, Jody. I don't like change. I don't yeah. like it. But damn, you got the math down already. You already know it's 272. Well, you just go 256 plus 16. I'm not that bad. I can, I'm can. i good with addition and subtraction. Okay. It, mu multiplication is where they stretch the... Uh, capabilities of John McMullen is that well, what you're algebra calculus. <laughs> Forget about that. Who's going to do calculus at this yeah. stage? There's probably some way to do calculus that you and I couldn't begin to understand <clears throat> many years ago. But yes, it is 17. Uh, for those of you wondering, we know now already what teams they're going to be playing on the uh, road this year. They've got the Giants, Cowboys, and the Washington football team, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Broncos the Lions, and the Raiders, along with the Jets, which is, of course, the extra game, they've actually got a tougher home schedule, which, if you ask me, if you're looking for the best possible result and believe you're in a playoff-type year and uh, it's a go-for-it type thing, which the Eagles may or may not be, depending on how good you think Jalen Hurts is going to be, they've actually got some of the tougher games against opponents at home. Like if they were playing the Bucks, the defending champion Bucks in Tampa, you could just write L right now. It is a loss. You're not going down and beating Tom Brady in his house. Here at the link, you give him a puncher's chance. Yeah, they'll be an underdog, but you give him at least that puncher's chance. Uh, the the 49ers, good team, could be Jimmy G, could be 
Uh, yeah, that, Trey Lance. That, that is a widely gesticulating team. They could be really good or they could be really bad, to be honest. Understood. The team that uh, the Bucks beat to win the championship, the former uh, team, uh, champions of football, coached by a guy who we're pretty familiar with here in town by the name of Andy Reid. Chiefs are coming to uh, the, the link this year. Again, given the puncher's chance, this game's in Kansas City. They got no chance, no shot, no how, no way. I actually think the schedule gives the Eagles a little bit of a break in that the teams that they've got scheduled, we know with uh, the divisional opponents, it's one home, one away. But the other teams could be a home game, could be a road game, all done by a set theory. Um, I think it actually plays to the Eagles' favor this year. Not that I'm saying, hey, yeah. I see 11 wins on this schedule because I don't. Um, but I think they actually got the break in that the tougher games against the teams outside their division happen to be played this year in Philadelphia. I don't know, Jody. I think I see. I'm looking at it. I think I see 17 wins. I don't see 17. Damn, you're an optimist. <laughs> I don't see where you're getting any losses. No, in all reality, look, you know how I feel. Tell me who's playing on that particular Sunday. Uh, you just mentioned Tampa Bay. Well, is Tom Brady playing? Does he have a sprained ankle? Patrick Mahomes, is he playing? What's what's going on? So that changes things drastically. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You'd rather play a good team at home. And if Lincoln Financial Field is full – and who knows? I mean, this league is preparing like these stadiums are going to be full. Well, all of a sudden, I said one of the underreported things about last season are the teams that had significant home field advantages to Seattle with 12, the 12th man. Uh, Kansas City, Arrowhead is so loud. Minnesota, that stadium is ridiculously loud. New Orleans and Philadelphia. I thought playing with no fans hurt the Eagles as much or as more than any other team in the NFL? Probably. Um, yeah, I'll take a dome team over an open-air stadium. Now, Philly's great. It rocks. I don't know. Seattle, man. Right. Seattle's that, the, the loudest building in the NFL. And that is open-air, so uh, you make a good point. Uh, you're right. And we do expect, if not full stadiums, it's going to be somewhere close to it. And I'm with you if – what is the sense in having, say, a 75% uh, open stadium? It just does, I think the bare minimum sense. to me has got to be 50, right? So that you can have <clears throat> some space in between people. I don't know why you would have anything between 50 and 100. That just doesn't make any sense to me as far as capacity goes. Well, I would say if you're going that route, you probably even got to go lower. I mean, the Super Bowl had about 20,000 people uh, in Raymond James Stadium. You got to go with that range if you want to be really serious about social distancing. If you're at 50,000, you might as well fill the whole stink. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we all know this is a political football at this point, Jody. It's got nothing to do about science. If I hear one more person say, follow this science i'm gonna say shut the hell up you're you're a wing nut and i don't care what wing you're on right or left i'm tired of it i'm tired of it you're both trying to score political points you know fine make a decision but if there's fifty thousand people don't sit there and say oh we can't make a a, a full stadium 
these are out, a lot of them. Now, you mentioned there is some difference between indoors and outdoors. I think that's pretty significant. So maybe that's a, a more difficult decision. But when you have a, these outdoor venues and, you know, people are preventing people from going on the beach, for instance, that's where they should be. That's where they should be. They shouldn't be in their house. Disgusting germs ventilating all over the place. This is this is nonsense at this point. I'm sorry. I, I, I try and keep I my go house. On. I try and keep my house uh, from getting disgusting germs, but that's just me. If uh, some people are suffering through that, I feel badly for them. Uh, I, I yeah. Well, you get my point. Jeff. I you do, uh, and I know we're off on a little bit of a tangent, but since we've gone there, I do have one more question for you. Uh, if they asked John Q. Public, if one person represented John Q. Public, and they said, "Here's your choice: you can either have a full stadium." but we're still going to advocate the wearing of masks while sitting uh, next to each other, cheek to cheek uh, to root for the whole hometown team. But we're going to ask you to keep that mask on your face, or we can continue to do the social distancing thing and we'll leave spots between seats. And yes, if you buy tickets together, it's a family member. You guys want to sit right next to it. Okay. You can, but we are not going to require anybody wear a mask. Uh, we're doing our part with social distancing, so it's up to you. We make the masks completely optional. Which do you think John Q. Public would prefer? I think they would prefer the masks. Uh, but, you know, I think it depends on the individual person. I think if the question is, can we fill this place and everybody's got to wear a mask, I think people would be accepting of that. And those who wouldn't just wouldn't go to the games. Um, as opposed to what was the other version? As opposed to have social distancing right. with no so, mask. Yeah, you got so, a one-third filled stadium, but you don't have to wear your mask. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly the league, I would say. Would I, no, that's the why I asked John yeah. Public. Not Fans, the league. We I all think, know what the league wants. They yeah. want every fanny and every seat filled. Yeah, I think fans are. You know, it's a personal decision. That's what it comes down to. I think the vast majority are over it. I think the vast majority want to go to the game. So they put on a mask. They might not like it, but I think they if they like the Philadelphia Eagles or they like their home team, I think they'd go to the game if they had to wear a mask. All right. We will get the schedule this week. Um, following shortly after that, they'll put out the preseason schedule. And it's three preseason games Ugh. this year. Ugh. I believe it'll be back and forth. One year you'll get two preseason home games and and one road game. The next year you'll get two home games and only one road game. Um, we are waiting with bated breath to find out if that final preseason game is, as it always is, the Jets, uh, which I always look forward to. But the Jets and Eagles are actually playing in the added game week 17 this year. How many people are going to show up for preseason? Nobody showed up for them before, and now the first reopening since the pandemic. Well, you know, maybe it's, it's a little bit better. Preseason? Maybe it's a little bit better this year because nobody got to go last year. Maybe a few more people show up. But who knows? But, yeah, I hear you. Who's the Jets' uh, third-string quarterback? Do you know? I haven't looked it up. Uh, they drafted a kid last year from Florida Atlantic or Florida A&I. Why can't I remember his name? Yeah, it's, uh, but you'll see a lot of him and a lot of Jamie Newman. So yeah, I don't know. It's a night out, I guess. 
You don't think Joe Flacco's going to light it up against his former mates? No, you don't Joe think he's going to be motivated to get back out there and stick it to the Jets? Is that what you're telling me? Joe Flacco will probably get a couple series, and then they'll pull him, and then it's the Jamie Newman show. Yeah, but Joe will undoubtedly lead two touchdown drives he'll against be, the New York Jets. He'll be winging the ball all over the lot at either MetLife Stadium and or Lincoln Finance. We don't know where that game's going to be yet. We where know was it, last year's? I don't remember. I should remember that. It, it would be this year. They right, flip it every year, but I they, don't remember. Where was do, the schedule? They do, but now even the preseason schedule has been changed because it's only three games as compared to four. So it might be that uh, whoever hosted last year could host again this year. That's, it might be their only home game. I uh, don't that's know. Good point. I, good point, Jody. We got to wait. Thinking, a bit. You're thinking logically. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's not what we usually do here, but we're going to try and do just that. All right. Uh, we'll get our first guest of the week up. We got plenty of stuff to lay our teeth into after a quasi busy weekend. More Aaron Rodgers news. Eagles actually made a claim this week of a guy who probably is going to make the roster. I'll get John Swartz on that. And our next guest. Because our buddy Ed Cratch from Sports Illustrated is going to hop on with us. Uh, we'll do all things Eagles, all things NFL with uh, John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Ed Kratz joins us next here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Good day, everyone. It's Krause of Jacob Media. Why am I wearing a Carson Wentz NFC East Pro Bowl jersey? Well, it's the only jersey I will not be able to give away this season, but we will be giving away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys at our 2021 NFL schedule release special broadcast, all presented by Pure Bull. The broadcast will be Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to midnight. You must be subscribed. You must be present to win, and we'll give away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys. Also, as we get closer to the season, Tickets for every single game on the schedule, both home and away, plus our bus trip and experiences for fans that you will never find anywhere else. All part of the Jacob Media Network. See you next time, everybody. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Jody Mack. The legendary sports talker joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Monday morning, get together here on Birds 365, Mac and Mac guys. Cody McDonald here to chat football with you. We've still got plenty of time to do just that, but we're going to bring in a third party to lend us a helping hand. And here's what I appreciate about our uh, first guest. He kind of split the difference between John and myself wardrobe-wise. John went with the formal long sleeve button-down. Formal. Formal. I went with the T-shirt. Ed Kratz kind of jumped right there in the middle. Is that a, a golf shirt that I'm seeing on you this morning, Mr. Kratz? Uh, well, you could golf in this shirt, or you could go to the prom in it, too. Uh, oh, unlike either one of you guys. Be a, be a little, little informal for the prom there, right? Come on. <laughs> Probably it, so. It, I think we're finding yeah. out why uh, your night on prom night was not a very <laughs> successful one. But that's something you're contemplating wearing on prom yeah. night. Come on. <laughs> And and I didn't know I had a tuxedo on, so I didn't know I was black tie. <laughs> I put down a button down. It's like it's formal wear, Ed. It is. Yeah. You guys look stylish, though. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. Not like you, buddy. You're Between the up. three of us. Wow, what yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We'll save the style for tomorrow. We got Kristen Rogers on. So. Ooh. Uh, okay. But let's get Ed in the mix with uh, Philadelphia Eagles talk. I think the biggest news today is Peter King. Rustling up some more, I won't I won't call it controversy, but he puts out there that the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson next year, odds are the Philadelphia Eagles number one. What the heck, Ed? Why are people, you know, I've seen two mock drafts, two 2022 mock drafts, which are silly. Now let's get out that that early. Both had the Eagles in the top 10 taking a quarterback. We got Peter King out there saying, oh, they're going to go get Deshaun Watson. Why the hell are we going through this year of nonsense if all this is going to happen? If we're just kicking the can down the road on a quarterback. Well, you know, the Eagles are always mentioned in whatever rumor of the day is. Uh, I mean, you know, because Howie does talk to a lot of teams and a lot of people, but the Eagles are always one of those teams that other teams players are interested in playing for or whatever you want to say. They're always the ones that are being mentioned in these rumors. And you look at their quarterback situation and you see, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts is the guy they're going to go with. And, you know, he's a very unproven second round draft pick, four games of uh, starting under his belt. Not exactly very impressive. Uh, you know, he had his moments, uh, but he also had a lot of inconsistency. So, uh, you know, you're really just, kind of putting two and two together here, plus the fact that the Eagles have 
a ton of draft capital next year, at least four picks in the first two rounds. Um, in, in the past draft, they acquired another fifth-round pick when they traded uh, a sixth and a seventh to the Washington football team to get their fifth-round pick next year. So you have, as of now, you have 10 draft picks in the 22 draft. So you, know, you put all that together, uh, the fact that the Texans are, are clearly moving on from Watson, and you look at the most land, likely landing spot, spot and it probably is philadelphia um you know it makes sense in that regard but we'll see what kind of year jalen hurts has we'll see if deshaun watson can't put some of these legal troubles behind him because right now uh you know he's pretty much untouchable until these legal issues get sorted out but john and i both said this on draft night or the day after uh, Ed, and it was kind of something that was difficult for me to swallow because I like the player that the Eagles got at number 10. I'm a huge Devonta Smith fan and thought there was no way he was getting down to number 10 for the Eagles to be able to take. Yet I do second guess the pick because I was also a mega J, uh, Justin Fields fan and couldn't believe that he got down to 10 and they had to pass on one of the two. They decided to pass on Fields because they have Jalen Hurts. Are we two years from now, five years from now, seven years from now going to say, what the hell were the Eagles? Why didn't they take Justin Fields when he was sitting there on the board? I think there's going to be a couple of teams that fall into that category. Eagles among them? Oh, they very well could be, no doubt. But, I mean, listen, Chicago is not exactly a bastion of quarterback-producing teams. So, you know, you have to see how Justin Fields uh, develops in Chicago. Uh, what pieces have they put around him? I mean, in New York, you look at the Jets, Jody, your Jets. I mean, they did a great job in putting pieces around their new quarterback, Zach Wilson, in my opinion. they You know, they have the offensive line pieces now. <laughs> um, they got the receivers. I mean, they to me, they've done everything they can to help Zach Wilson succeed. We haven't seen that yet in Chicago. So, uh, you know, Justin Fields could get off to a little bit of a rough start based on that. And if he does, we'll see how, you know, he can mentally handle uh, what's thrown his way. And you hope that he can hang in there and have that kind of career while the Bears try to put pieces around him to help him succeed. But you can say that about a lot of picks in this draft. You know, uh, will the teams be kicking themselves because they took who they took yeah. in the first 10 picks? Um, but listen, I'm all in on Devontae Smith myself. I'm with you. I mean, I think this guy uh, is going to be very exciting. You hope that he can do it for an extended period based on his size. You hope that he can have a good career. But I think he's going to be exciting right out of the gate and a day one contributor. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, Ed, the fact that you have to land in the right spot, even if you're a talented player. And I always use Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb as the perfect example. Who knows what happens if Tim Couch is in Philadelphia, Keeley Smith, back from that draft, if they get married with Andy Reid instead of where they went, who knows how things kind of shake out. I do want to rewind one last thing about Deshaun Watson. I know it's tiring, but we talk about Jalen Hurts versus Justin Fields. Justin Fields is not proven. He's a rookie. I think he's got a much higher ceiling as a player, but you're right. Things can go wrong. Look at Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. Everybody was saying that's the number two overall pick. Deshaun Watson, though, is proven. It is hard to imagine any scenario where Jalen Hurts can play at the level of Deshaun Watson. I'm just being honest. Now, you're right. We have to stipulate the legal problems have to get cleared up, and that's a big if. 
But if you stipulate that and he can move forward, I mean, there's nothing Jalen Hurts can do to be a better football player than Deshaun Watson. Am I being too negative? Uh, well, I mean, I think you have to factor in the system, too. You know, what is the system, Nick Sirianni's system, going to do to make Jalen Hurts successful? Can he be as, you know, is he as talented as Deshaun Watson? Probably not. But that doesn't mean he can't succeed if he's given the right system and the right players to work with. And Devontae Smith, I think, is a big step in giving him that. But, you know, it is exciting to think about the prospect of Deshaun Watson coming to Philadelphia. No no doubt about it. I mean, he is a a transcendent talent that can be your starting quarterback. And we said this about Carson Wentz, but you can say it about Deshaun Watson, too. He's a guy that can be your quarterback for the next 10 years um, if he stays healthy, if he stays free of legal problems. Um, And Jalen Hurts can't even begin to match the talent that Watson has. But if he's put, like I said, put in the right system, given the right players, he can be successful and you don't need to have Deshaun Watson. We're going to see what this season brings for Devontae Smith because they did give him some pieces to play with, including that fifth round pick, Kenny Gainwell, uh, a great value pick. If you look at some of his tape, looks a little bit like Brian Westbrook. Um, so he, they have given him two pieces. And even Landon Dickerson, a guy that has snapped the ball to him, if he can stay on – on the field, get healthy. You know, that's three pretty good pieces they gave Smith in this draft. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hurts in in this draft to help him be successful. One last Deshaun Watson point, and then we'll get to where does on Johnson fit for the birds? Um, if we're talking about Deshaun Watson being acquired by the Eagles next year, after this year, we're assuming that the legal matters in Houston have been resolved to whatever point they've been resolved. If he's reinstated and he's playing, uh, we have to think that they've resolved those issues. To what end? No one knows, but I'm going to ask you to speculate here. If that's the case, he's reinstated. The Eagles have interest. They agree on a trade. He becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. How will he be handled by the fan base here? This is a town where Michael Vick got a second chance here. The town where right now Odubel Herrera is getting a second chance here has what Deshaun Watson's done. And again, we don't know everything of what he's done, but I'm asking you guys to try and paint a scenario in your mind. Will he be okay? This is a tough town, and that's a tough position that gets scrutinized mightily. Will Deshaun Watson be able to handle it here in Philadelphia? Well, I think you always have your detractors. In fact, I, you know, my sister. <laughs> was a big Eagles fan until they signed Michael Vick. She's also a big dog fan. So uh, she hasn't come around since they signed Vick. Um, You know, that's a pretty long time to hold a grudge. But, yeah, you're going to have your detractors, even with Oduba, like you mentioned, Jody, and he's a great uh, one to bring up because, you know, he's he's here now. He had a three-run homer the other night to help win a game. Um, but I, you know, I think that, yeah, the fan base will be forgiving if Deshaun Watson comes in and, you know, wins 12 games and gets them back in the playoffs and makes a good run at a Super Bowl. Sure. I think so. But I think there'll always be, uh, you know, maybe that, uh, not so vocal minority that aren't going to look very favorably on bringing Deshaun Watson into Philadelphia. All right, Jody brought it up, Ed, and make sure you read Ed's work at SI.com. Eagles Maven, he does a great job covering this team, but Carry on Johnson. I was surprised how much uh, excitement this generated. A waiver wire pickup in May. A waiver wire pickup 
Now, Carrion's a former second-round pick. He's had some significant knee problems, meniscus issue, missed a lot of games. This team needs a backup running back. You mentioned Kenny Gainwell. It's just about taking as many swings in the batting cage as you can. When you talk about Gainwell, you talk about Kerryon Johnson and Jordan Howard. Just keep taking those swings. Yeah, and Boston Scott's coming back. I mean, Nick Sirianni was pretty serious about this competition stuff, right? I mean, he's got 10 wide receivers now after adding two and, you know, as undrafted free agents and uh, drafting Devontae Smith. He's got 10 receivers. He has eight running backs. I mean, they're going to have to sort out all this out over the next few months on the field. And, um, you know, when you look at on Johnson, he plays a position in the NFL where it's considered pretty disposable. I mean, Johnson looked like he was off to a terrific career. Uh, as a rookie, he ran for over 600 yards. He caught you know, over 30 passes out of the backfield, which I think, by the way, is really important for this offense to have a running back that can catch the ball. And he can pass protect, Ed. He's a really good pass protector, and that was a problem last year. Yeah, but, I mean, just the nature of the position now. You know, Dan Campbell comes into into Detroit. uh, They signed Jamal Williams in free agency, and that makes on Johnson expendable. But just that position. And now you have to wonder, too, a little bit about Miles Sanders. I mean – you know, he struggled last year with his health, missed five games, I think it was. Didn't really have a good season catching the ball out of the backfield. Now you have a new coaching staff. Um, I'm not saying that he's in jeopardy this year, but listen, on Johnson spent three years with the Lions, and now he's on his second team. If Miles Sanders doesn't figure it out this year, then, you know, he could become the next on Johnson, a young running back cast out of the market. And and set free um, because, you know, you, then you're just going to find other guys. I mean, look, eight running backs on this roster. Now, you know, obviously there's four that you could probably whack right off the top of your head that aren't going to make the team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Boston Scott in the mix and Kenny Gainwell, he's going to make the team. Um, but, yeah, Miles Sanders needs to have – this is a lot of pressure, I think, in 2021 for Miles Sanders to come out and show that he can be your 1,000-yard running back and then he can catch like he caught as a rookie. If not – you know, they, the Eagles could move Whoa. on from Jody, let me follow up here before sure. you jump in, because I've been a guy that gets killed because I pointed out that Miles did not have a good season last year. He was a good runner. He wasn't a good running back. He was very poor in, in the past game. Deuce Daly even told us he's got to tighten up his hands. His pass protection was even worse. I pointed this out. The fan base killed me. They thought he was, you know, Dalvin Cook. And I said, no, no, he's not. Not even close. He's not a three-down back. I think the Eagles realize that. They're trying to bring in a traditional third-down back with Johnson and Gainwell. But I still think Miles is a great runner. I think he's a great runner. I think he's a good two-down back. You're saying he's got to even prove that? Or he could go the way of on Johnson with the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, he very well could. I mean, if he comes in, it's a new coaching staff. So they're going to be looking for what they're looking for. And if he doesn't quite fit their mold, I mean, Miles Sanders is a home run hitter. We saw it last year. He had the three long touchdown runs. I know he fumbled at the five and our our old friend, J.J. Ortega Whiteside was able to scoop up and score the touchdown. I think that was in Pittsburgh. Um, But he's a home run hitter, Miles Sanders. But I think he needs to be a little bit more consistent in the ground game. Um, you know, I think he still tries to maybe do a little bit too much. Uh, and Sirianni wants, is going to want a running back that's going to get north and south uh, as quickly as he can. We saw that in Indianapolis with the three running backs that he had there. Um, 
Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Uh, so he's going to be looking for a very specific type of running back, and we'll see if Sanders fits that fits that role. Well, both of your critiques are accurate about uh, Sanders in the year he had last year. Not great in pass protection and not great catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I'm still a huge fan, and I think he will fit with Sirianni's offense, and I think he will be their number one back on question. And I don't think we're going to be talking about his potential release during next offseason. But if somebody's got to come down on the optimistic side, I got no problems with that <laughs> being me. All right, optimistic. Frank Reich is quite optimistic. As a matter of fact, here on the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel, later today on Dan Cilio's National Football Show, Frank Reich will be joining him as a guest. So make a mental note of that. Be back later today if you want to hear from the ex-Eagle offensive quarter, current coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I'm sure one of the things they're going to talk about, Frank talked about last week, and that's his belief that Carson Wentz's troubles here in Philadelphia – did not stem from the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts, that he doesn't believe that's why Carson struggled, that everybody takes blame at the top when a team has a lousy season like the Eagles did, the quarterback, the coach, and the general manager being the three top that are going to get roasted. And certainly that was the case with Carson Wentz here. But he just kind of dismissed the idea that Carson Wentz was off his game because he was, in the back of his mind, worried about Jalen Hurts from the night they took him in the second round. Now, I know John was an advocate of this all year long. He told me on WIP, and since we've gotten together on Birds 365, yeah, that's the case. The big contributor to Carson's struggles was they made him nuts when they took Jalen Hurts. I wasn't as big a believer. I fell more into the Frank Wright camp of, really? You're going you're gonna to explain that as Carson Wentz's biggest problem? Uh, Frank, of course, is taking his new guys back. So he's got a reason to take that stance. I didn't, but I also have admitted I was kind of swung that John and others convinced me, yeah, it did kind of eat away at Carson's psyche last year. Ed, uh, your thoughts on Frank Reich not giving any credence to that theory, and how much do you believe it actually bothered Carson last year and contributed to his lousy season? Well, I think it bothered him. I mean, as to what percentage it affected him, I, I really couldn't say. But I think there was an accumulation of things that went wrong with Carson Wentz last year. And uh, that manifested itself on the field where he just wasn't the same quarterback that we saw his first four years in Philadelphia. Um, I think Hertz was part of it. I don't know what the percentage was, but I don't think I, you know, you can't say that it wasn't part of it. Um, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers now in Green Bay. He wasn't happy when they took uh, Jordan Love. Um, is, it jo is it Jordan? Jordan Love? Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Love. So they, he wasn't happy when they took Jordan Love. I mean, we see that all the time. And listen, you know, the Colts took Sam Ellinger <laughs> to be one of the backups. You know, uh, I don't think Carson's going to feel threatened by him. I think what Carson could be threatened by is the Colts still need a left tackle to replace Costanzo, who retired, and they never got one in the draft. So, yeah. You know, he could be seeing some shadows, and I think that was another reason for his failure last year was the offensive line was so banged up. He never really felt comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he questioned himself where he was throwing the ball, and that could have stemmed from the coaching he was getting. I think it was a lot of things. I don't think you can dismiss that Jalen Hurts was part of that reason. Yeah, and I it, real quick, I mean, Jody frames it that way. I said he was concerned with, and he did not like the pick 
I think the mechanical issues were the far bigger part uh, of Carson Wentz's slip as a player. I think a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. But you're right. It was sort of a toxic cocktail, Ed, as far as what went wrong with Carson Wentz. But look, we see it. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. These quarterbacks don't like it. The first thing I tweeted in the sixth round, I thought, and it was a little bit of a cheap shot, I'll I'll admit, when the Colts took Sam Ellinger, was that Carson Wentz once out. It was a joke, obviously. But nonetheless, it all comes together. It's all part of that cocktail. And I, I think you're astute to point out there are a lot of different things, the offensive line being the most notable. So I want to talk about Landon Dickerson. In that same mindset, Ed, look, Landon's not healthy. I think he'll be healthy relatively early in the season. He's a very good player. If the red flags turn out to be nothing from a health standpoint, Brandon Brooks and or Jason Kelsey are kind of like Carson Wentz. They know this guy was taken to replace one of them. Do you think it affects their psyche? Well, different different positions. Um, I, you know, I, I know there have been rumblings that Brandon Brooks could be on the trade market or the Eagles could be looking to part ways with him and maybe Dickerson is a day one starter at right guard. I, I just don't see that. Um, you know, I think they'll bring Brooks back. I, it's a huge cap hit and a huge dead money hit if they were to move on from Brandon Brooks at this stage. But uh, certainly he's in the wings to replace Kelsey or Brooks if he can stay healthy. And I don't think you can dismiss those red flags. I'm not really sold that. I mean, it's a huge risk reward. We can all agree on that. But I, I'm just not sold that he's going to be able to stay healthy. And if he does, you know, how long of a career will he have? You had the doctor on uh, heading into the weekend who, you know, I think made a great point about the arthritis that can set in, especially on a bigger guy. And that could impact the knee. Um, wasn't in love with the pick. I mean, I'm in love with the player. But I just don't know his long-term viability. And I would, if I'm Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson, listen, you, you've had a long career in this league. You've made a lot of money. Um, you play a completely different position. Offensive linemen are a bit of a different breed because they all have to work as a unit. So they're used to working together and used to working with their understudies should they be needed. I don't think they'll feel threatened at all. Uh, with the selection of Landon Dickerson, just like if, uh, you know, you're Jason Peters, you're not too worried about Andre Dillard coming in either. Uh, you know, listen, you're, you're the guy, you're the, you're the alpha dog on that line. And that person, whoever it is, has to come in and beat you out. And, you know, I don't see Brandon Brooks shrinking uh, or Jason Kelsey shrinking from that challenge. No, this is something we'll get into more over the course of the week because it comes up at the end of the week, but uh, Ed, we've got you with us here today. So, Eagles rookie minicamp begins on Friday with Mr. Dickerson and all the other Eagle draft picks, uh, including Devonta Smith, the unsigned free agents, all the new Philadelphia Eagles, and maybe a guy or two like, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, since he didn't have a rookie minicamp last year because of COVID. Maybe he says, you know, I'll show up to work out with those guys. How important is this going to be? How weird is it going to be? after a year of not having it in the National Football League last year. Yeah, I think it's great. I think Jalen Hurts should show up. But you have that pull of the NFLPA, you know, the Players Association's telling guys that, you know, they shouldn't show up <laughs> to work out on the field, that they can do it virtually. But I think you have a new staff. You have a, still a relatively young team. You know, you have eight draft picks from last year that didn't get this experience. I think all of them should show up. 
you'll have this whole class of, of nine picks showing up this week. I mean, I, I think it's a time for guys, you know, maybe not the veterans, obviously, but clearly the young guys on this team need to come in and need to get with Nick Sirianni and learn his system, learn each other, get to know one another because they're the future of this team. Um, and, and we'll see if that happens. We haven't heard anything from the Eagles. We haven't even heard who they're, they've actually signed officially to, to as undrafted free agents. You know, we've heard reports, um, but we haven't gotten any official uh, word who they signed, who they're bringing in. I suspect, like you said, it's Monday. I suspect, obviously, we'll hear something as the week goes on who these players will be. We think we have ideas. Jamie Newman, the quarterback from Wake Forest, who went to Georgia but didn't play. And, you know, they brought in the receiver from Florida, who Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, worked with uh, as the OC with the Gators and, and um, Trayvon Grimes. Uh, I like this this uh, edge guy that they reportedly uh, signed from Iowa State, uh, Jaquan um, Bailey. You know, he 25 and a half sacks in his career at Iowa State, had an injury. And I think that's the thing with some of these undrafted free agents that the Eagles and other teams are bringing in is you're going to see some guys that have an injury history because of the way medical checks were done this past year, you really couldn't get your hands on these guys because of the COVID. So you couldn't test them out medically. They did have the medical testing at the uh, combine site in Indianapolis late in the process, but I think they were expecting 150, but I think less than that showed up. Uh, so some of these guys do have some medical issues that uh, affected their draft status. I mean, I think, you know, Trayvon Grimes was a draftable guy. I think this Jaquan Bailey could have been a draftable guy. But, you know, we've seen some injuries kind of force them out of the draft, and now they're looking for homes. So, you know, you could hit some home runs here in this undrafted free agency period. Uh, and I think the rookie camp is huge, especially for Philadelphia, new head coach, new system, not having that experience with eight rookies last year. And now you have nine this year. I mean, it's time now to get on the same page on the field. You can do much more than you can virtually. So it's exciting. It'll be, it's going to be exciting to see uh, how this plays out this weekend. Yeah, I think the biggest name you mentioned there, Ed, was Grimes, because that he, he was with Brian Johnson. So you have that familiarity He's he's six three or six four, so he fits in as that type of X receiver the Eagles need. But uh, uh, I'm going to shift to the other side of the ball with you because as this rookie camp approaches, I don't think it could be more important for any other player. Obviously, Devontae Smith is high profile. We all know his potential, but we all know his potential. He's going to be a good football player. Fourth-round pick, Zach McPherson. He's got to be on the field. The Eagles don't have anything else at outside corner. Now, Howie Roseman has alluded to making a move, uh, whether that's in phase three of free agency, whether it's a trade down the line. But for right now, if they had to line up, and luckily they don't have to line up for a real game, they need an outside corner opposite Darius Slay. Is there a bigger issue on this team than that? We've talked about you know, the cornerback spot has been an issue for going back even to 2017 when Howie said, look, we traded for Ronald Darby, you know, after a preseason game in Green Bay that summer. Um, you know, we've been talking about getting this cornerback position right for a, a very long time. And you know, they tried in 2017. They swung and missed with Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. 
I'm really surprised they didn't grab two corners in this draft. Um, to me, and I've said this, you know, if I was the Eagles, I would have taken Christian Barmore at 37 and come back in the third round and taken Paulson Adebo or Ben St. Juiced and then taken McPherson in the fourth round if he's still there. Then you have your two corners. I mean, you have to keep trying to get this cornerback situation solved. You know, Darius Slay is a short-term answer. Um, but you're right, Zach McPherson needs to be on the field this weekend. I mean, he's the only guy you have. You know, Michael Jaquette, could they – you know, potentially use him there. He's got the length. He played okay last year. He, I know he got burned a lot against Dallas, but, you know, he had a good game uh, previous to that. And you wonder about Avante Maddox. Is Are they going to run him out there as the outside corner in a Jonathan Gannon scheme where they're going to play, you know, cover two and cover three and give those corners some help? Could we see Avante Maddox continue to start at that spot? I don't think it's ideal, mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe he's like everybody else, like a Travis Fulgham and a, and a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, where you have a new staff, you have new ideas, you have new schemes. Let's see if these guys can succeed. And Maddox could be in that group with Fulgham and Ortega-Whiteside um, that you hope he can, because right now they have nobody else. Now, Steven Nelson's still out there, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, cornerback, a lot of experience. What's he going to cost to bring in? Would he take a, a one-year deal? Um, the Eagles don't have a lot of money. That's probably going to change when Zach Ertz uh, probably at this point gets released on June 1st. You're going to save $8.5 million on the cap. Maybe you bring in Nelson then. But I, I think, I suspect they're going to make a move to bring somebody in uh, unless they are thinking, hey, Avante Maddox can still be that guy in a Gannon-style defense. June 1st is a key day because every team – has the possibility of making moves and clearing cap room because releasing a guy or trading a guy is more advantageous. <clears throat> excuse me, more advantageous after June first. Let me ask you about a guy you just mentioned, Ed. Michael Jacket, who last year flashed a little bit, made some plays, got burnt. You're right, uh, boom, boomer bust kind of guy, uh, relatively inexperienced at this stage. What does he do during an offseason like this one? What can he do to improve his standings, make himself a better football player? There's no place you can just plug yourself in and be tested by NFL quarterbacks and wide receivers. What what would he do individually for himself to try and give himself a better chance to come back a spot to be had? You don't always have that, that there's a job to be won here in Philadelphia. What could a guy like Michael Jaquette do? to give himself a better chance. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, wide receivers, you can catch the ball. Quarterbacks, you can throw it. I mean, there are drills you can do, but I guess you work on your backpedal, right? I'm not a a cornerback aficionado, but you can work on your backpedal. You can try to get quicker, your speed. You can have conversations with uh, the returning members of that secondary about uh, situational uh, football. If we're in, you know, third and four and we've got this or that, you know, you can talk situations. You can even do that with, you know, Denard Wilson, the DB coach or, or Jonathan Gannon. You know, you, you, you have these guys on speed dial. Uh, you better use them. You, you know, you better start talking football with these guys and, and off the field and away from the classroom. I, I guess it's just backpedal stuff, speed, you know, acceleration. Uh, you can grab a quarterback, you know, from somewhere and a couple receivers off the streets, I guess, and, you know, try to match up with them, work on breaking toward the ball. Uh, I'm sure there are drills that they do that we're, we're unaware of. But listen, you're right. That position is there to be had. I mean, even Kayvon Seymour uh, is another guy who could be in the mix there who 
who, who played half, you know, again, he flashed ups and downs. Uh, but if he can iron out some of that inconsistency, maybe he's in the mix too. Um, but these guys need to be doing all they can because if there's a job open, you know, you're going for it and you're going to do everything you can to do it. Last one from me, Ed. We, we've talked a lot about Jonathan Gannon and the perceived changes we think we're going to see. We haven't talked to the guy yet. He's a no. ghost to us. So all we can look at is Indianapolis. All we can look at is Minnesota and those schemes and try to say, is he going to do this? Is he going to do this? He drafted a couple guys late in the draft. Jacoby Stevens from LSU, sort of a, a hybrid safety who the Eagles announced as a linebacker. And then Patrick Johnson, who was kind of an edge rusher, uh, they announced as a linebacker. Am I making too much of that, or are they potentially looking at shifting some kind of philosophy to that positionless player we've often heard about, but we don't get to see it? People talk about it, and then they get gun-shy and don't seem to use it. Yeah, I think you got to give them some kind of a title, right? And that's what they decided to do with Patrick Johnson and Jacoby Stevens. And listen, I, I like that. That that's one of the things I liked about this draft was the Eagles got. I think they got some good value late. They got guys who produced in college that were good leaders like Jacoby Stevens. Um, but yeah, I, you know we don't know what Jonathan Gannon's going to do. We don't know how he's going to use them. I'm not sure he even really. I'm sure he has an idea of how he's going to use them. But until he sees them on the field, and you hope it's going to be this weekend, then he can start to formulate other ideas because. We've all heard Nick Sirianni say, you know, we're not married to any one system. We're going to build a system around what we have on hand, which is a great way to attack this. Um, and I would think all coaches would do that. If not, I don't know why they wouldn't. So I think we're going to see Gannon kind of – this is going to be an evolution process for guys like Johnson and Stevens that are kind of tweeners between safety linebacker Stevens. And if you're Johnson linebacker DN, could you be the blitzing guy off the edge? Had a lot of sacks – at Tulane, Patrick Johnson did. So um, we don't know. And and maybe this is part of the grand plan from the Eagles is let's let's ghost our coordinators so other teams don't know what we're looking for and how <laughs> we're going to build this thing. You know, so we're not going to let them talk to the media until whenever that day comes when we have to. And then we're not going to give them too much because we don't want other teams to know exactly what direction we're going. The secretive Philadelphia Eagles, best information is no information. Yes. Well, that that doesn't work for us here on Birds 365. Uh, I need one more piece of information from you, Ed Kratz. Uh, if you go a specific direction that I can basically guarantee an outcome, because John and I have both agreed on this, which means if you agree with us, then it's got no chance of happening. Because when <laughs> enough people agree with something, it's guaranteed to be the exact opposite. Wednesday is the release of schedule day. Everyone across the league will get to find out where their teams are playing on what days and the like. The Philadelphia Eagles among them, their first home game next year, hopefully in front of a sold out Lincoln Financial Field, will be against who? Oh, let's see. Uh, they haven't opened with uh, – well, they opened last year with Washington. I'm going to assume it's going to be against an NFC East team. Um, and, you know, I know the Giants – I think there's some some chatter out of New York that the Giants really want to play the Eagles in week one after the Eagles, you know, 
allegedly tanked their final <laughs> game and cost the Giants, who never took care of business on their own and cost them the NFC East. So I would like to see a game against the New York Giants week one, whether it's, you know, in the shadow of New York City or right here in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I think that would have some juice to it. Um based on what happened last year. So I'd like to see it be against the New York Giants. Not going to happen, Ed. We all agree. Yeah, now, now yeah. that we've all said it, it's got no yeah. chance whatsoever. John uh. said Giants. I said Giants. The narrative <laughs> of, yes, they stiffed the Giants last year by losing that last game to the Redskins. It's a narrative that writes itself. It's just too easy. So now well, we know that it can't happen since the three of us agree on it. Well, listen, if it makes you feel any better, if this changes things, my I was real close to saying the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Andy Reid, the rematch with Andy Reid, bring the Chiefs in. Let's see how the Eagles right out of the gate match up with the Super Bowl contending. Ooh, Andy that would, be, that Kansas would be ugly. Kansas. That would be ugly. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> I, I think that's got less of a chance than the Giants now, as a matter of fact. And oh, by the way, the Andy Reid and his Chiefs will be either uh late afternoon game on uh CBS or a potential Sunday night game if the Bucks are going to be playing the Thursday oh, nighter because right. they're yeah. the Super Bowl champions. Oh, I think they're slotting Andy in the prime time. I don't think he's gonna be Sunday at one with the Eagles here in Philadelphia. I don't think plus, that one's happening. Plus also, Ed, you don't want to lose by two touchdowns. So you don't want to pile on Nick Sirianni too quickly. Well, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how many national games the Eagles get this year. I mean, you know, normally they're good for at least yeah. four national spots, but you're coming off a four-win season. You know, how much, uh, you know, how much luster does this, does this team have? Yeah. I still think, it, you know, given the market, given the passion of Philadelphia fans, I still think they get – their share of national televised games. If they have four national games, write it down now. Two of them will be on Thursday. Uh, they're they're not getting the Sunday slot, and they may not get the Monday slot, maybe one on Monday, but they're probably not going to get a Sunday game. If they get four, they're going to be stuck on Thursday at least twice during the upcoming season. So that's it, Kratz. Uh, if you want to blame anybody when the Eagles get those two Thursday night games, it's Ed Kratz's fault, Eagle fans. Remember where you heard it here first. And give, Ed, give Ed some hate mail on Miles Sanders. I got enough. <laughs> yeah, I can take it. Stuff. Thanks for coming on with us, buddy. You know we'll be reaching out again real soon. That's Ed Cratch from Sports Illustrated, Johnny Max cohort, here with us on Birds 365. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Eagles schedule, about uh, Frank Wright being on the Jacob Media YouTube channel later today. A whole bunch of things we've got to get to yet here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Good day, everyone. It's Krause here at Jacob Media. Why am I wearing a Carson Wentz NFC East Pro Bowl jersey? Well, it's the only jersey I will not be able to give away this season, but we will be giving away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys at our 2021 NFL schedule release Special broadcast, all presented by Pure Bull. The broadcast will be Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to midnight. You must be subscribed. You must be present to win. And we'll give away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys. Also, as we get closer to the season, tickets for every single game on the schedule, both home and away, plus our bus trip and experiences for fans that you will never find anywhere else, all part 
of the Jacob Media Network. See you next time, everybody. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Jody Mag. The legendary sports talker joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mac and Jody Mac across the Jacob Media Network. Monday get together here on Bird 365. The Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, hanging with you. We thank Ed Kratz for hopping on board with us, a regular contributor here on Bird 365. And speaking of contributors, we're going to flip the script a little bit here in hour number two. Uh, I think of John McMullen now as my partner and me being his partner, but he's got another partner, Ryan Rothstein, host on 1490 AM down the shore that JM hops on with on his radio show all the time. Uh, how are you going to feel about uh, questioning Rothstein? How you you got to do it the opposite direction. Are you capable of doing that, Johnny Mac? I don't know. We've been doing this, what, 26 shows? You tell me. I think I'm capable. You got to... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Flip the script. I used to flip the script with Mike Gill, your old uh, intern. Flip it with you occasionally. So I'm going to flip it with Rothstein. I'm looking forward to it. Put him on the hot seat. There you go. We're ready to grill him coming up in about 20 minutes from now. A little surprised by one thing Ed Kratz said, and I think you were too, despite the fact that, as you correctly noted, you are a guy who is ready, willing, and able to point out the shortcomings of Miles Sanders last year. And he made some very big plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. From an optimistic standpoint, Birds fans want to believe that Miles Sanders can be a top back in the National Football League. I get all of that, but you're right. He's not a complete back yet. That is yet to be determined. I'm going to fall in with Eagle fans here that I'd like to believe that the glass is half full rather than half empty and that these shortcomings can be rectified. The ability to pass block, the ability to hold on to the ball when it's thrown to him out of the backfield. I'm going to say that's on the come this year and going to get better. Mm -hmm. Ed Kratz went even further than you. That if yeah. he doesn't improve, I'm so happy, things, by the way. they could be moving on from him after this year. Uh, hello, wait a minute. This guy is the man in the Eagles' backfield, and you're already opening up your possibilities that he could be done by the end of the carry on Johnson of the Eagles. That after three years, they kiss him goodbye. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle, Jody. Yeah, you are. He, he is not the man. He is not a superstar running back in this league. And believe me, I've taken hits for pointing that out. However, he's not in danger of losing his job to carry on Johnson, a waiver wire pickup in May, or even Kenny Gainwell, a fifth-round pick. Look, Miles is a great runner. That's how I describe it. He's not a great running back. Now, I do think Ed astutely points out one of the issues is you know, he doesn't always he, – he he maybe does go for the home run a little bit too much. And the old adage in the NFL is, you know, if it's blocked for four yards, get four yards. And sometimes I don't think he does that. So there is room for improvement. But, boy, the guy's so explosive. I'll use the baseball analogy. You know, maybe he's not going to hit 330, but he is going to hit 35 home runs. Right. And what's more important – Usually the home run hitter, the run producer, uh, becomes the more important part of your team, usually. Um, So I think that's a very important aspect. But I think the Eagles have signaled, this guy ain't going to be our third down back. That's out the window. We got to find a third down back. So in a lot of ways, I think that'll help him. He can focus. He can settle down. 
He can realize what his role is. And then you let carry on Johnson or Gainwell or even Boston Scott uh, settle into that third down role. And I think it, it'll be a better fit overall for this offense. Let me double down on your baseball analogy. Cause I like it. Uh, oftentimes if you've got a guy who's a 230 hitter, but a 35 home run guy, that's what they are. And if you try and tell them, listen, we need you to hit more than 230. If they make an adjustment, do some things differently, put the ball in play. Yeah, they can raise their average 20, 25 points, but you might see a drop off in the home runs from 35 down to 27. I think, and call me a cockeyed optimist, and maybe I have to take my eagle green glasses off. I think he can raise his average without watching the home run production drop off. That I think with just uh, better focused and more time in the National Football League, it's a little different than doing it on the collegiate level when it is uh, advanced to the NFL level, that he can be a better uh, blocker and picking up blitzes and the like when he's told to stay in on certain pass plays. I think he can improve those things without losing that home run uh, potential that he flashed this year and the big play potential. I'm, I guess, much more optimistic on him coming into the uh, upcoming season. You make a good point in that if they really believed that Miles Sanders was a three-down back, would they have drafted a running back in the fifth round? Would they have claimed to carry on Johnson when he becomes available on waivers? Probably not. They're probably tipping their hand a little bit, but I'm going to come down on the optimistic side of Mr. Sanders and say, I think his deficiencies will be areas that he can improve in this year without losing home run potential. Oh, sure. He can improve. Uh, it, it would be tough not to improve. If he goes back to his rookie, no, as a pass protector, Joe, he was really bad. I mean, he, he, he was really bad. You're now, burying the guy, Johnny. Well, you're harsh. I, I, it's that, true. That but, eight mil is still coming, bud. Yeah, and this you, is you're, why. You're not, you're not doing anything to slow well, it down he here. I'm, I'm, I, do people want to be lied to? If they want no. to be lied to, I'll no. lie to them. He wasn't good in pass protection. Deuce Staley, who doesn't criticize anybody, wouldn't criticize Danell Pumphrey to me. That's how that's how loyal Deuce Staley is. Um, criticized him as far as a, a pass receiver and was really disappointed because he showed some signs of being a good pass receiver as a rookie, and he just took a, a backward step. So that was a concern for the Eagles, the previous coaching staff. But then, you know, people bury the lead. I said, Miles is a great runner. I hesitate to do this, but I'm going to do it because I'm going to talk about two Hall of Famers, Jody, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. I used to get killed back in the day for saying Emmett Smith is a better running back than Barry Sanders. Better running back because Emmett Smith was great in pass protection. He was really good as a pass receiver. Barry Sanders was a great runner, maybe the right. greatest pure runner of all time. You go back to the day, the Detroit Lions, Wayne Fonts would take him out inside the 10-yard line. Why? Because he wouldn't take what was there. Right. And as he get close, he would he would do the dips and, and go back. Sometimes it turned into a, a spectacular run. But when you're on the goal line, what do you want? You want the guy to go straight ahead. Right. You want the guy to take what's there. So those guys are both Hall of Fame players. I'm not comparing 
Miles Sanders to that. But it's it's a little bit the same as far as the theme. You have well-rounded backs. That's what Emmett Smith was. You have explosive backs. That's what Barry Sanders is. Barry Sanders was. Miles Sanders is an explosive back. He's not a well-rounded running back. Hopefully he becomes one. But, Jody, you even admitted the Eagles have tipped their hand. They don't think he's that guy, at least right now. Here's another defense I will give to Miles Sanders. And uh, you tell me if this is accurate or not. I never during the offseason did I go back and study specific plays of Miles Sanders to formulate an opinion. So this is just off the top of my head, but I do feel pretty strongly about it. Uh, you're right. He was bad in the pass game last year. Incomplete passes, drops, not being able to turn plays into bigger plays and the like. A lot of those plays, for me, were attributable to the quarterback. Carson Wentz was bad in the throw to the running back game, call it the screen game, call it the flare game, call it whatever you want. But when Carson Wentz decided to throw the ball to Miles Sanders, a lot of those passes were not on target. They were not leading him going in the right direction. They were making him reach or change direction and just not get it in the flow of the offense. Now, the superstar pass catching back makes that play, gathers, takes a jab step, turns it upfield. And, and Miles Sanders wasn't that coming out of Penn State. And even though he had a pretty good, as you stated, rookie uh, season catching the ball out of the backfield, Carson Wentz was much better uh, throwing the ball to him out of the backfield. I'm going to put some of his pass game deficiencies last year on a guy throwing the ball rather than himself trying to catch the ball or make a play out of a bad throw. I'll say if Jalen Hurts, and we've seen so little of Jalen Hurts, I can't even tell you that, oh, he'll be better in the screen game. He'll be better in the flare game. I don't know if that's the case. He should be better than Carson Wentz just because Carson was so bad at it last year. But will he be, compared to other quarterbacks in the league, good at it, pretty good at it, very good at it, outstanding at it? Don't know. Got to see it. Don't know it. But I'm going to give uh, Miles a little bit of a break there and say, he should be in better position to make plays catching a ball out of the backfield this year because the quarterback's better. Well, uh, hey, Carson Wentz, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive, Jody. Carson Wentz had a terrible season last year. I'm not going to defend you. There were certainly points where he could have done things better. I can tell you what the Eagles coaching staff told me, and they were concerned – when it comes to being an outlet receiver in the NFL, landmarks are a big thing. In other words, you have to be in the right spot because the quarterback's going through progressions. You're the last progression. And a lot of times they're not even looking at you. They just know where you're supposed to be. And too often, and this is direct from the Eagles coaching staff, too often Miles Sanders wasn't at his landmark. And that was a concern for them. And that you could tell, look, if you're where you're supposed to be and the quarterback doesn't get you the football, that's on the quarterback. If you're not where you su you're supposed to be, Dan Orlovsky will tell you that. Cardinal rule of any receiver in this league, don't fool the quarterback. If you're not where you're supposed to be, you're going to make the quarterback look bad. People are going to blame the quarterback. 
that's on the other player. All right. And my follow-up question to that would be, uh, do Staley and or anyone else on the Eagles offensive coaching staff, the first time he does that, you go, hey, what the hell? The most important thing is landmark. you got to be that. You can't, Is he just dumb that he would do it over and well, over and over again? I hesitate to use that word, but they were frustrated. So it's not like he wasn't being told what the issues were. So they were frustrated with his performance as a receiver. I mean, it happens all the time in this league. Uh, you know, guys don't do what they're supposed to do. Coaches get frustrated. You try to fix it. The Eagles tried to fix it. The Eagles changed their coaching staff because they couldn't fix a lot of things. So, I mean, that's where we are. Hopefully the new staff gets it going in a positive direction again. All right, and the new staff's got their work cut out for them, and they'll get to actually get hands-on with players at the end of this week in the upcoming rookie camp. You've done a couple rookie camps before with different type staffs, uh, Super Bowl returning staffs, uh, brand-new staffs, tinkered with staffs. How important is actually the rookie camp that will get underway at the end of the week? I think it's really important for other reasons more than football. One, you want to build that camaraderie. You want to build that sort of closeness as a team. You know, watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV. You want to build that culture. Uh, and you want to get the guys moving in a positive direction. Two, it's a new coaching staff. And you do want to get the guys uh, uh, sped up as much as possible, as much time to get into the playbook, to install uh, schemes that are going to be new on both sides of the ball. So not only do you have a rookie uh, group of players and first-year players, you have a rookie coaching staff. So everybody's new, and the sooner you start, the better it is. All right. Do you think there will be an actual tournament, or do you think it'll just be scattered breakouts a rock, paper, scissors games next week. <laughs> They'll actually have a bracket and put it up there to see who is the champ of the first-year Eagle players, or do you think it'll just be at any given time uh breakdown? You well, got to make get, by some, the way, get some Gatorade. But by the way, first, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Nick Sirianni talks about competition, talks about rock, paper, scissors. He loses every damn match. What Where's the success, Nick Sirianni? Landon Dickerson beat him. Everybody beat him. Everybody gets you. What, what is he? What is he throwing it to make the players feel better? Or is he that bad at rock, paper, scissors? Do I don't know how to take that, Joe. Do you think Howie beat him? I'm, I'm sure Howie. Howie beats everybody. We know Howie's a survivor. <laughs> that's, Howie beats everybody. that's very true. If we're talking about survivor mode, uh, Howie is the best of the bunch. And yeah, probably in rock, paper, scissors as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, rookie camp opening up this week because at least we have something to look at. Uh, have you been told what kind of access you beat no, guys are going to no. have? We're waiting. We're waiting. I hope to get news today uh, because it is Friday. We were told the players to be ready to do some Zoom calls Wednesday, Thursday-ish. But as far as when we're going to be allowed in, I assume it's going to be one day. It's probably going to be Friday. Um, hopefully it's after the show ends. Uh, but no, we, we are still running blind at this point. 
Well, and uh, God bless you and everybody else who covers the Eagles, because you would think with less than a week to go, you've had, you'd have a little bit more direction, and we're not under as strict provisions as we were last year when we were at the same exact time of the year. Nobody had any – players didn't even come in, so you didn't have yeah. anything that you needed access to, but we're hoping that the curve is being beaten down, that we're going to have a closer-to-normal upcoming football season – uh, and that means access for you and guys. I got both shots. I'm ready to go, Jody. That's, both shots. That's a good thing. As have I, and we're all uh, vaccinated up. Uh, we're hoping that's the case for the entire upcoming National Football League season. All right, quick timeout. And then John's other partner. I won't make you choose as to, you've <laughs> certainly known Mr. Rothstein more than you've known me for a longer period of time. I won't put any pressure on you, John, to make any uh, choices here. But Ryan Rothstein from 1490 AM down the Jersey shore is going to jump aboard with us. JM's other partner here with us on birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home available on YouTube, Apple and Spotify. Good day, everyone. It's Krause of Jacob media. Why am I wearing a Carson Wentz NFC East pro bowl Jersey? Well, it's the only Jersey I will not be able to give away this season but we will be giving away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys at our 2021 NFL schedule release special broadcast, all presented by Pure Bull. The broadcast will be Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to midnight. You must be subscribed. You must be present to win. And we'll give away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys. Also, as we get closer to the season, tickets for every single game on the schedule both home and away, plus our bus trip and experiences for fans that you will never find anywhere else. All part of the Jacob Media Network. See you next time, everybody. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. D-A-T-L-E-S-E-O! Jody Mag. 
the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mac and Jody Mac across the Jacob Media Network. Monday get-together here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac guy, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, joined by J-Mac's other partner. For those of you uh, Eagles fans down at Jersey Shore that tune in nightly to 1490 AM, you will hear John McMullen hopping on with the host, Ryan Rothstein, who's good enough to join us here on Birds 365. And he split the difference. We had Krause on, uh, excuse me, Krause on, uh, Kratz on, who went somewhere between the very formal-looking John McMullen and the rather casual-looking Jody McDonald with a golf shirt. Rothstein has gone even more casual than me in a T-shirt. He's yeah. got the hoodie look. How are you, Rye? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is awkward. I'm I'm the other guy. I'm the I'm the ex here, I guess, Jody. What's going on? <laughs> I think you got to ask John that. I, I think he's willing to share uh, with both of us, as a matter yeah, of fact. That's news to me, but I got a backwards hat guy. I got to go Colin Coward on you. We got a backwards hat guy in Ryan Rothstein. It's good to put your feet to the fire for once. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is uh, roles are reversed here. Listen, I listen to you guys. Almost daily, as much as I can. I love the new show. You're doing great. So I'm uh, honored to be invited on. Well, Well, Brian, I I do want to start because you and I have been talking Eagles for a long time on on many different platforms in the NFL, and we can't get away from – today it was Peter King. We can't get away from Deshaun Watson. Everybody's always talking about Deshaun Watson – and Peter put his odds out there about where Deshaun Watson ultimately ends up. And guess who number one is? Ryan Rothstein. What, the Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Shocker. Peter yeah. King, you know, placating to the Philadelphia Eagle fan base. But seriously, though, it is, is I, I mentioned this with Jody and Ed earlier. And if somebody like Deshaun Watson is available, and that is a high-level superstar player, is there anything Jalen Hurts can do to turn the Eagles away from the avenue of acquiring a player like that? No, absolutely not. I don't care. It doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts does. I I mean – how can one season but here's the thing this is this is an assu- an assumption of we know Deshaun Watson's going to be available to play on the field yeah when when i say this because i understand the murky water that's going on with Deshaun Watson but let's assume for whatever crazy reason he gets a four game suspension or whatever it is or it's not this season it's the following season 2022-2023 Deshaun Watson's a top 2 to 3 talent in the NFL bottom line when he's on the field so what are the numbers that Jalen would have to put up uh in order to say no we don't want the second or third best quarterback in the NFL on our football team but that's what you and I have talked about a lot John and I'd love to get Jody's thoughts but this season's a little bit murky because the Eagles trade back from six to twelve and what does that imply 
well, it could imply a lot of things, uh, but one of them seems to be they're gathering assets. They're doing a Sam Hinkey of a version of their own trust the process and trying to get some assets to trade for a guy like a Deshaun Watson next offseason. So we know Jalen's a great leader. We know the locker room's going to love him. So we think at least that's where all the signs are pointing to. So if and when the time comes, he has a good season. He shows some more potential over a you know full scale of games. And the Eagles trade him because that seems to be their plan. And if you can go get a guy like Deshaun Watson or, dare I say, Aaron Rodgers, I think that's pretty unlikely, or Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm all for it. And I don't think there's anything Jalen Hurts can do to save himself. I don't think there's a cut and dry answer to the question that John kind of asked. And you followed up with Ryan. What can Jalen Hurts do in one year to get us out of the mode, out of the thought process of, well, the Eagles have the ability to go get another quarterback. I'll just give you a generality. He needs to be in the top half of quarterbacks in this league uh, and use whatever metric you want to determine Who's in the top half of quarterback, quarterback ranking, touchdown 12, but I, 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 different people have different numbers that they'll use. Uh, everybody will use the eye test, at least in part, for what yeah. they see. The Eagles' one loss record, which should be uh, based on a curve, because I don't think they look like they've got a 500 roster right now. So uh, if he can win seven, eight, nine games, that would, to me, look pretty damn good if he's a key reason why um he's got to be in the top half if not we are having this conversation starting as the season ends next year well what are the eagles going to do about quarterbacks but if he is in the top half and i don't think he's going to be in the top five or the top 10 no he's got to be the tail end there 15 16 17 somewhere there about if he falls into that category off this year think about what you could do if you're howie roseman with all those picks oh, and your ability to upgrade the roster, <clears throat> if you believe that we got him to the off the off four games the previous year, we got him into the middle of the pack. We're going to bank on improvement next year, which could get him into the top ten. Yeah, you can use those picks to get better and fill other holes elsewhere. Why wouldn't you want to do that if you're the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh yeah, I completely agree. And and I will add this: you guys were talking a lot earlier just about the running back position. Uh, and what this team could look like moving forward. I think, and John would agree, and I get a lot of my thoughts and assessments on the Eagles from what John tells me, because I'm an idiot overall with my, with my uh, <laughs> assessments, but uh, they're going to be a run-first team. And I don't think they're going to let Jalen Hurts lose games himself. Now, sure, he's going to throw the ball in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying that. He, he will have opportunities to blow it and stink and lose games, but – this team may have a different identity for the first time in a while, assuming the offensive line for the first time in a while is healthy. You know, don't sell yourself short, Ryan, because you said something very astute, and that was spinoff Jalen Hurts. So I'll use Jody's example. If he's the 15th, 16th, 17th best quarterback, guess what? There's quarterback desperate teams every year in this league. You sure. can spin him off for a first-round pick, potentially, and go out and get Deshaun Watson because my point, and I want to bring you both and get your thoughts on this, 
There's nothing he could do. He's not a better player. So if I use Jody's templates, I'm just going to spin him off to get more and to bring in the better quarterback. Is that a possible scenario? And, and by the way, this is where I give Ryan credit. It's the first time I thought about that. Because I said, what are the Eagles doing here? They're just wasting a year. Maybe you build up credibility because yeah. it's always about evaluation. And there's no evaluation of the in the world that's going to say Hurts is greater than Watson. Agree or disagree? Let, let, let me jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so he gets into the middle of the pack of the quarterbacks in the first year and gets to be the fifth. We, we rank all the quarterbacks, and sure enough, he's, he's number mid 15, range. Yeah. Which, which puts him right there in the middle. Are you telling me that he's going to bring more in return than Carson Wentz? Because Carson did not get a one. Yeah, because he's healthy. He's healthy. He's healthy coming up a good season. He's young. He's cost-effective. He's not, you know, he's on his rookie deal. He's not worth $30 million. You don't have to pay him $30 million. So that value pumps up. Okay. Well, then my question to you would be, if you're the Eagles, why wouldn't you hold on to him? If because he's that good, players, if he's worthy of a first-round uh, grade in trade, why would you trade for a quarterback who's already making $35 million? Because Give him three first-round draft picks three. to do so. Why not just keep the guy who's on his rookie contract? Because you're the quarterback factor and you want the better quarterback. Now, if you don't want the better quarterback, I agree with you, Ryan. You, you go get – it's impossible, John. What did you just say a couple minutes ago? There's teams that are desperate and dying for a guy that is middle-of-the-road starting quarterback. Like, they would love to have the 20th-ranked quarterback starter in the NFL. It's that difficult to find a quarterback where you can actually, as a coaching staff, say, okay, we can actually maybe run a couple damn plays here today, tonight, whatever it is. Take it to the next level where if you have an opportunity to get a guy that many deem second best, fourth best, third best, let's just conservatively say top five. I think you have to go do it. And it's not even any disrespect to Jalen Hurts. It's just a rare opportunity. That's a good point. Rare opportunity. And that's what I would call it. When you have a chance to get a superstar player. Now, again, there are so many issues with the legal entanglement. Jody, you brought up with that earlier about the fact, is the fan base even going to be accepting in this sort of new generation where everybody's at each other's throats on social media? I don't know. But I'm just talking from a pure football standpoint. How do you not go get the superstar player? That That is something I can't get over the hump on. I'm a big, big Deshaun Watson fan. Uh, shoot, I certainly had him as the number one ranked quarterback. Uh, Mark Meehan is a guy who underrated Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas. Oh, yeah. too. Uh, I had him number one. The Trubisky selection was just ludicrous and ridiculously bad by the Bears. But I thought he had a chance to be a superstar quarterback, and I think he's proven himself a superstar quarterback. So don't take my uh, suggesting there are things that can happen to put the Eagles in a position where they won't be looking to acquire a guy like Deshaun Watson. It is pretty uh, ridiculous to think that if you can get uh, your hands on Deshaun Watson, 
why wouldn't you do so? Well, there are a couple of reasons. Yeah, he's already getting paid. And the Eagles just went down that road with Carson Watson, uh, Carson Wentz. As soon as he was getting paid, all of a sudden Carson Wentz couldn't play anymore. So now Deshaun Watson is getting paid and has issues, not on the field, but off the field. Do you really want to buy into that? When he was on the field, he looked like one of the best two or three, as Ryan put him, uh, quarterbacks in the National Football League agreed. Does that definitively just get picked up and brought to Philadelphia? He comes here? Most probably does, but I don't know definitively does. And do I want to go down the road of giving up three first-round draft picks with that slight chance that, yeah, maybe he's not as good with us as he was in Houston? I think you have to at least keep that in mind. There's a lot of other factors here. I think I started this conversation with let's assume he's ready to go. Yeah. But what if he sits out this entire season and now we're saying, okay, we haven't seen this guy in over a year. And what all of us were saying earlier, what if Jalen Hurts is average to good? And we say, all right, well, this offense is showing potential and they're moving. Like there's, there's so many factors that are going to have to be a wait and see obvious, um, but it's going to be tough. You know, fans are going to be split down the middle and they're going to be saying, give Jalen a chance. And, we love the quarterback controversy in this city. That's one thing we all know. Well, we're talking about, we're still talking about Carson Wentz. And obviously that was a very painful divorce. Um, so do you think there's any overcorrection here by sort of, and, and forget about Deshaun Watson. We can go back to the draft and say Justin Fields was on the board. The Eagles didn't even seem to consider him. Is this an overcorrection because of a bad divorce and say, we don't want to create any ripples. We like Jalen. We'll, yeah. we'll just move ahead. And that's the, the calmest sea, so to speak, as we sail ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I look at this draft and say, wow, after moving up, trading with Dallas, that's awesome. They wanted their guy in Parsons. Eagles never really looked at him for a variety of reasons, but after the Eagles select a 10 for the first time in the history of Philadelphia Eagle fan base and throughout the Delaware Valley, everyone was happy. All of the fans, for the most part, from the fan perspective, everyone was happy. And I said, this is, this is weird here. It's like the calm before <laughs> the storm. What's about to happen? You know, lock your doors, lock your windows. Um, so it does feel like that the, the front office said, you know what, let's just take a year off here. We're going to go get the wide, the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver, which is fine. I'm not crushing that pick. But then you go get Dickerson with the next pick at 37. Your first two picks, which can be easily argued are the most important, uh, are very offensive focused, clearly. So, yeah, it, it seems like this team, you had the opportunity to get fields. You had plenty of other opportunities at 10 once you trade up with Dallas the night of. Um, so, it seems like they're just like, let's just let's pump the brakes here. We're not going to bring in fields. We're not going to maybe do something a little bit crazy, for lack of a better way to put it. Given everything that we've just been through, we just fire squatted the entire coaching staff. We just traded away our Mad Max contract guy in Carson Wentz after backing up the Brinks truck. So, yeah, there's only a few things that we should do. And those moves are good ones, but they could also be deemed a little bit safe in my eyes as well with plenty of other options on the table. All right. Let me put this question to both of you two guys. Um, again, hypothetical situation. 
Jalen Hurts has a solid rookie campaign, or excuse me, first-year starter campaign because it's his second year in the league, uh, and is ranked in the middle of the quarterbacks year one in the National Football League. Uh, Deshaun Watson is traded elsewhere. Uh, Russell Wilson is not on the open market. Uh, Rodgers is traded in season this year. So there isn't the guy who's an established quarterback in the National Football League who becomes available, who is unquestionably better than that middle-of-the-road Jalen Hurts that we're talking about. Will the Eagles use all the assets they've accrued to get the number one quarterback in next year's draft class? Who None of us know who that is right now. We can take uh, educated guesses on Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or whoever else, but we got to let the season play itself out. But someone will establish himself, chances are, as the number one guy. Will the Eagles go down that road and go back to a first-year quarterback and hand him the starting job moving away from Jalen Hurts? Will they keep Jalen Hurts around as the backup? If there isn't a stud quarterback to obtain a already proven in the National Football League quarterback, do you think the Eagles will go down the uh, first quarterback off the board in the draft room? I certainly think so. I, I, I think they're going quarterback. And that's one of the reasons I think they're going getting a quarterback next year, whether it's a veteran or whether it's a top 10 pick. And that's why they accumulated all the assets. Because ultimately, I think the Eagles are smart when it comes to quarterback position. They don't want to be in what you described, Jody. They don't want to be that middling situation with a quarterback who's 15 to 20. I, I the, the, the measuring stick I always use is Kirk Cousins, who to me is a really good quarterback. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with him. Everything's got to be perfect. I shouldn't say that. We've seen Brad Johnson win the Super Bowls, Trent Dilfer. Anything's possible, but everything has to go right. And is he going to be that good? Uh, I don't know. My, yeah. The Eagles have always recognized we have to get the superstar at the quarterback position. That's what I don't understand. Did they think this kid has a chance to be a superstar? Maybe they do in Jalen Hurts. I don't think they do. And that's why it's so surprising to me that they're kicking the can down the road. So I think it's either going to be a veteran next year, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or it's going to be a top 10 pick. That's why I think it's going to be. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. And I'll just add this, like you look at Super Bowl winners and you look at the quarterbacks, the only time that we can look at a particular year and say that quarterback was average or that quarterback wasn't superstar level the team defensively was basically historic, right? Their, their defensive line getting to the, the, the opposing quarterback, um, causing havoc, whatever it may be. Well, what did the Eagles just do this year that I just brought up a couple minutes ago? They go get a Heisman winning wide receiver. Then they go get an offensive lineman who many deem very talented. If he just doesn't tear any ACLs or Achilles, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, whatever it else may be. <laughs> but, it seems like this team is focusing on the offense. Like, look at their defense. Who the heck is playing the other cornerback position? 
What's at the defensive line? Yeah, they have Fletcher Cox. Outside of that, you have a couple old geezers. Uh, you know, I think one of us should maybe suit up for defensive line. They have no linebackers. <laughs> so the defense is nowhere close to any of us feeling good about it. And the offense has too many question marks. It just seems like, what do we have in quarterback? Is the offensive line going to stay healthy? What do we have in Miles Sanders? What do we have in our wide receivers? That conversation isn't going away. Oh, yeah, what about tight end uh, with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz? Is he staying? Is he going? So my point is, it does seem like they're trying to piece this puzzle together by eventually inserting a superstar talent, um, or even whether that's young or proven, uh, but it seems like that's the direction that they eventually want to go, eventually being sooner than later. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts wants to ball out. <laughs> I think he's got the right attitude for this coach. The coach loves ballers, and I think Jalen will prove that this week by showing up for rookie uh, minicamp, even though he's no longer a rookie. It's kind of like the, the Vegas League in the NBA. Second-year players are allowed if you want to show up, and I think Jalen will certainly do that with him this year, which – Will we learn anything about Nick Sirianni this week? Limited access, but whatever you get, you're going to be able to actually ask questions about something they've actually done. Do you think you, this week, guys, will actually get a feel, as as premature as it may be, of what Nick Sirianni's offense is going to look like? Ryan, you handle that one. Oh, boy. I was hoping you would take the lead there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, why, you know, if we're, I know that's a horrible, boring answer, but I just don't think so. Like if, if you're Sirianni, why would you? Right. But I, I do get the other side. Well, this is your first time as a head coach. Like the team's going to have an idea of what their offense is going to look like, but I think it's too early. Like this, this coaching staff has a lot of work to do. Nick Sirianni has a lot of work to do. And I think diving into X's and O's uh, to start off, isn't isn't really going to happen they have a lot of evaluating to do right john like they they need to yeah. see what they have before they dive into sport. a lot of teaching i think you bring up a great point defensively i'm more interested to talk to jonathan gannon i hope i get to see him i hope i get to talk to him i i want to see what the heck he's going to do because at least offensively and remember we're not going to have veteran players but you kind of know who's going to play on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, other than the defensive line, as Ryan mentioned, that back seven, I'm going, what the heck? But, I mean, Eric Wilson, Anthony Harris, a couple one-year prove-it veterans, Alex Singleton, uh, other than Darius Slay, that back seven, I wrote about this on phillyboys.com. Everybody should read it this morning. Uh go to that link, that back seven looks like an absolute disaster in waiting. Jody? Mm, yeah, <laughs> they got question marks. I won't go disaster, but I will certainly uh, agree that there are question marks with this defense overall, which means if there's still a move or two to be made, let me uh, note that it is May 10th and Zach Ertz is still here, even though some media members have written him out of town two or three times so far. And he's still here and he's still on the roster. I get it. June, June 1st. 1st. June yeah, 1st. That, that's when something is more likely to happen. But um, they do need to clear some cap if there is a specific free agent. I keep asking Ron, Ron, I don't know if you heard me do this with John. I keep asking him about a pass rusher. 
I know they need quarterbacks. It's a bigger need. It's a bigger hole. You run down the list of guys and say, well, we've already got a couple of guys who have at least teamed something as a pass rusher in this league. We don't have quarterbacks who prove they can be on the field, but it is a pass rush driven league. And there are a couple of guys like Melvin Ingram and uh, Ryan Kerrigan who are still out there. I feel better about those two guys than any of the corners that are left. I guess the Eagles have to generate some cap room before we get into conversation for any about any of these upgrades on the defense, be it in the front four and or the back seven. Yeah, John and I have talked about this a lot. I'm sure John's brought it up. Like I look at the edge rusher as part of the cornerback position. <laughs> like if, if you can get to the quarterback in today's NFL, you're making life a lot easier for the corners and your secondary and your back seven. So um, the, the defensive line and the pressure that you apply to your opponents in their backfield is essentially today's NFL version of Troy Vincent and uh, Brian Dawkins, uh, you know, and, and the heyday type of secondary players. There's no such thing as a Revis Island anymore. Uh, so it's all about applying pressure. So, yeah, you have to try and get cost effectively, but you have to try and add to that defensive line and edge rusher position in particular for sure. Yeah, and guys like Brian Kerrigan, I mean, he's a good player. I think he's going to land somewhere, whether it's he might even land back in Washington. They have such a talented front, but the Eagles aren't in a position. If this were 2017, 2018, that's a player they would say, okay, let's go seize the moment. Let's go try to win another championship. But now they want to get younger and more cost-effective. To me, guys like Kerrigan, Ingram, they don't make sense. Cornerback. Steven Nelson trade that makes sense because you can't roll out a rookie fourth well, round. Who, pick who's say, older, Steven Nelson or uh, Melvin Ingram? Well, I'm I'm saying cost effective as well. Steven Nelson's not going to cost anything. Okay. That's a band aid. That's a band aid because you have nothing else. The Eagles have Derek Barnett still. They still have Josh Sweat. They still have guys who are competent players at edge rusher and we haven't even brought up Brandon Graham he's the key to it all they have competent players at edge rusher they have nothing we're talking about Mike Jaquette and Jack Zach McPherson at cornerback there's maybe the I'm, issue maybe I'm ready to jump on that Michael Jaquette bandwagon it could be <laughs> could be a shaky bandwagon I'm getting on but uh, somebody's got to go out there and play. And, yes, I watched Michael Jaquette make a couple plays last year. I saw him get burnt badly, too. But yeah. I did see him make a couple of plays last year. So uh, I'm going to hang my hat on more of those going forward this season. You're, you're optimistic today, Jody. I like it. You have started the week optimistic when you're talking about Mike Jaquette holding down outside corner in the NFL. And uh, our buddy, Mr. Sanders, is an all-around back this year. He'll be what's, – what's the uh, descriptive adjective that you're supposed to be exactly where you're supposed to be again? I forgot that term you used. Landmark. Oh, landmark. landmark. Yeah. He will be a landmark player for the Birds this year uh, in all aspects and phases of the upcoming game. Yeah, damn. I do. I got to take the green-colored glasses off. Yeah, man. I do sound I like – I thought Dave Spadaro was on. When did Spadaro <laughs> join the show? <laughs> it does sound like I'm on Eagle payroll, doesn't it? Damn it. I didn't necessarily need that. All right, uh, Ryan, last thing for you. Uh, let's see if you jump on the bandwagon like everybody else. 
Wednesday yeah. is schedule release day. We'll find out where, when, how, and why those 17 games the Eagles play this year are going to come down. The first Eagle home game in 2021 will be against who? <laughs> it's a great question. I don't know. My my crystal ball is in the shop here, Jody. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to roll it out. Yeah, you come on with Mac and Mac. You got to have the crystal ball ready, buddy. I know. I know. I know. You're right. Let's go Dallas, man. Why not start it off with Dallas? Too high profile. Too Too high high profile. The Cowboys are, you know, the Cowboys are still the Cowboys. That's how I, they don't want to waste the Cowboys one o'clock Sunday opening weekend. It's got to be the Giants. It has to be the Giants. Giants are Washington. Well, Washington was last year, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, myself, John, and Kratz all said the Giants. I'm so, glad you, you, know, I'm glad you said the Cowboys. Because yeah. if not, it would completely discount the Giants. Because if we all agreed on it, then it had no chance no. of happening. None I, whatsoever. I Hector Neris uh, that answer. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I, I actually prefer your answer. Ryan, good stuff. We appreciate you coming on. We will drag you into the mix from time to time. Thanks for doing it with us today. No, I appreciate you guys so much. I had fun anytime. Thanks, Ryan. That is Ryan Rothstein for 1490 uh, AM down on the shore. uh, Johnny Mac's other on-air co-partner. Mac and I will return coming back here in just a couple of minutes. As the guys in the stream uh, like me to say, we'll put a bow on the show. Last couple of minutes of Birds 365 coming your way next. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Good day, everyone. It's Krause of Jacob Media. Why am I wearing a Carson Wentz NFC East Pro Bowl jersey? Well, it's the only jersey I will not be able to give away this season, but we will be giving away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys at our 2021 NFL schedule release special broadcast, all presented by Pure Bowl. The broadcast will be Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to midnight. You must be subscribed. You must be present to win, and we'll give away 10 Devontae Smith jerseys. Also, as we get closer to the season, tickets for every single game on the schedule, both home and away, plus our bus trip, and experiences for fans that you will never find anywhere else. All part of the Jacob Media Network. See you next time, everybody. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Come down the home stretch on the first show of week six of Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you. A uh, couple of notes to uh, wrap this one up here, J Mac. A couple of guys, one of which was an ex Eagle that we don't need a reprisal of, one of which could have been an Eagle, and it's unfortunate that he never got the ball here in Philadelphia. Uh, let me talk about the guy who was here for a short time in Philadelphia. And that is the former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Tim Tebow, who there was rumors around the National Football League this week, including your buddy, Mr. Khan, down there in Jacksonville, saying that Urban Meyer would like to bring a Tim Tebow into camp to compete for a roster spot as a tight end. We've been there. We've done that. Can we just drop Tim Tebow? He's not playing baseball anymore. The fact that he did the years that he did with the Mets was basically ridiculous and a complete and utter money grab. He never was anywhere near a major league talent. I know he played in spring, some spring training games with the big club, but it was just so people would come out to minor league baseball games. It was a joke. And Tim Tebow in a National Football League camp these days to me is a joke. I don't care how much appreciation Urban Meyer has for him, moving him to the tight end position. I've said this on the air before on my uh, radio spots. If my daughter told me she was bringing Tim Tebow home for Sunday dinner, I'd be all excited because he (laughs) seems like the kind of guy that I wouldn't mind my daughter marrying him. I don't need him on my football team. I don't care how much he loves the ball. I'm I'm fearful that Nick Sirianni would want him here because he loves the ball. He may love the ball. He can't play. When right. will we be done with Tim Tebow? By the way, the I'm glad to hear a little bit of a Jody Mack angst instead of all this optimism. I, you know, I've got diabetes from listening to all this sugar uh, during this program. So I'm glad yes, to yes. hear it. Now, Tim Tebow, look, I agree with you. It's over at this point. It probably is just a favor. Urban Meyer likes him, obviously, for obvious reasons one of the greatest college football players of all time didn't his 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 skill set didn't translate to the NFL as a quarterback where I will disagree with you I don't think we have to if he played tight end from day one he might have been in the league for a decent amount of time he was a good enough athlete to do something like that he didn't want to do that he wanted to play quarterback and I always tell the story Jody it's the only quarterback I've ever seen throw the football over the hedges at the Novacare complex. Now, 
if anybody's ever been down there in South Philadelphia, that's not easy to do. That's how inaccurate he was. He threw it over the hedges at the Novacare complex. He was never a quarterback. If he moved to tight end as a rookie, of course, that wasn't possible because Josh McDaniels was the biggest idiot in the world and took him in the first round. Right. But if he moved early in his career or if he was drafted in the fourth round as a tight end, I think he could have stuck. Why not? All right. But that's a big if. That's yeah. what, nine years ago now? And yeah. if oh, happened, not and now. if they had done it. Not now. Any not shot, now. any chance whatsoever that the still great athlete, and oh, by the way, he's kind of trimmed down. And I'm sure he's still in great shape compared to you or I, but I don't know how he uh, shapes up against the other tight ends in the National Football League these year, this year coming in. I would suggest not good. Can we just put it to bed? Get I him wish. to run for Congress somewhere. Just get him out of the sports landscape. That's all I'm asking, Johnny Mac. Get him to do an angle on AEW wrestling. Maybe that's there you Tony Khan. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's what Tony Khan. There doing. you go. If, yeah. if Urban Meyer's going to do him a fave, get him in Tony Khan's office. Get him over there to AEW. Yes, that worked. Uh, and another guy who wasn't an eagle, but could have been an eagle because the Eagles had a draft pick that they could have used on him. They chose not to was D.K. Metcalf, the wide receiver who eventually ended with landed with the Seattle Seahawks, has had two very productive seasons in the National Football League so far, uh, superstar, potential-level player, who this weekend competed in the 100-meter dash for the upcoming Olympics. We know how phenomenally fast he is as a football player. Could he stand up against actual track guys in the 100-meters well, the question was answered, no, he can't. No. Although he ran 10.37 for 100 meters, which I don't comprehend the whole thing, but that sounds like really fast to me. 100 meters it is more really than 100 fast, yards. But NFL speed is unbelievable, but it's not track speed. You know, the Eagles almost got to see track speed. Marquise Goodwin would have been here if there were no pandemic. He was actually an Olympian. That dude can run. DK Metcalf can run for an NFL player, which means he can run for, you know, 99.9% of the people in the world. But Olympic level sprinters, no, those guys are on a different level. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I love the fact that he competed. And by the way, before we leave, the biggest ex Eagle news of the weekend, Brandon Bear yes. saved a man, saved a man. And a fiery truck who collided with a train. Forget about DK Metcalf. Forget about Tim Tebow. Branded Bear deserves our applause. Saves a man's life. Were you on the Eagle Beat when Brandon Bear was in town? Yes, I was. What kind of guy was he? Because I read that story too. Sounds like something that if it came out in uh, a movie, you go, all right, you're pushing the limits of believability here. Pulling a man from an on-fire vehicle that had been hit by a train is what we're talking about here. You, you see it on the big screen, you go, wow, that's a bit of a reach, don't yeah. you think? This actually happened in real life. So give Brandon Bear all the credit in the world for doing this for a stranger. Uh, you may have gotten a chance to talk to him. What kind of guy was he? Uh, maybe talked to him twice in my life, Jody. He was a low-level player from Oregon in the Chip Kelly era. I said, oh, this is another chip guy. 
I wish I got to know him a little bit better, but he wasn't an impactful right. member of the team. But nonetheless, I mean, yeah, I, unbelievable. And he deserves all the credit in the world. And by the way, he was here for quite a while. I think he was maybe two, three, two plus three years. years. At yeah, the back I think of the so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly the whole time Chip was here. Uh, and yes, little did we know that uh, he was going to turn into a superhero because that's what it sounds like. He pulled off this weekend in Idaho, wrenching a man out of a truck that had been hit by a train. Again, uh, this is stuff that should be on the big screen in the cinemas uh, rather than done in real life. So, yes, congratulations to Brandon Bear. Our appreciation from here in Philadelphia. Uh, maybe we should have kept around as a football player a little bit longer. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Uh, Brandon, congrats uh, on some unbelievable heroics that you put together this weekend. We had unbelievable heroics today out of the very formally clad John McMullen. That's a given. <laughs> Almost heroics out of Ed Kratz. Kind of heroic about with Ryan Watson. And I showed up for the show. Do I get yeah. points for just showing up at least? Do you you get points for turning. I was in a bad mood a little bit, you know, a little tired on a Monday morning, but you turned me right around with all the optimism. I don't know. I cannot promise to be as optimistic tomorrow. Yes, I was a little on the optimistic side tomorrow uh, today. We'll see if that's the case. Oh, but then again, I could very well be because John has upgraded the quality of the look of the show tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, John books most of the guests. I lend a helping hand every once in a while. Uh, but John uh, has got more contacts than me in the National Football League, and specifically with the Birds. Who's going to be joining us tomorrow, Mr. McMullen? Uh, we're going to have Kristen Rogers from Fox 29, previously Fox 29. She's back on the West Coast. But, uh, you know, she was here for many years covering the Eagles. And uh, I always say, of the TV people, I love John Clark, love Jeff Skiversky. Uh, Kristen was there every day, so we're going to check in with her tomorrow morning. Very nice. Now you say she's on the West Coast. Yeah. What time she's is she up early? What up time early. is she getting up? Nine twenty. Nine twenty. So which 6 is six twenty for her? Maybe she's traveling. Who knows? Damn, she must like you, McMullen. If she said yeah. you come on at six twenty in the morning, that's yeah. impressive booking by you. Anyway, <laughs> Kristen Rogers will certainly be. Better to actually look at than either John or I tomorrow. So you want to be right back here on Birds 365 tomorrow. Hopefully you enjoyed today's show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're back tomorrow tomorrow with you right here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.